0: i uh-huh.
1: you give him a hand clap of praise this say. hallelujah 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 aren't you thankful that you're not alone but he's god alone hallelujah what a faithful faithful father that we have amen amen and it's certainly certainly good to know that in good times he's god but in bad times he's God, And it seems like we constantly are going through things and trials of this life, but he is always so faithful to be there for us in our deepest of trials and our, our deepest of moments. He is such a wonderful God and he is mighty to be praised. And uh, just another note uh, before we go forward this evening, I wanna be remembering uh, Brother Joe Green's church, um, Brother Dean Simpson, Uh, brother Joe's brother-in-law sister Mary um, Simpson brother Dean passed away this past week um, and they'll be having a funeral this um, tomorrow and uh very quite quite of a sudden to them and so we just want to be remembering him sister Mary was uh, you'll remember her she was the one that played the played the organ or the piano for brother Joe there and brother Dean was one of the most quietest men that I knew but he was one of the most greatest men he had such a godly character about him and he carried himself of of great dignity and was just a prince on earth and I know he'll be greatly missed and you know, God's got a plan for our lives, and also remembering the the Collins family and Brother Ray Erickson's church there at True Word and the tragedy that happened, and you know, there we know that the Bible tells us that all things work together for the good to them that love God, and not all things may be good, but all things are working for our good, and he's in control of all things, and we just put him high above every thought, above all of our ways, and we know that his ways are perfect, so we just want to trust his trust His promise and his plan. And we know that he'll be with us, even in us, to the end of the world. Isn't that right? Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'd like to look over uh, in, in the book of Exodus this evening. Exodus chapter 40 and verse 33. If you don't know where Exodus is, it's the second chapter in the Bible right after Genesis. Certainly thankful to have our pastor back with us this evening. looking forward to what the Lord has in store tonight and also in the morning. Amen. Amen. God is so good to us and he is mighty to be praised. Trust you all had a wonderful week and man, I certainly loved having Brother Aaron Oglesby with us last weekend and just just did a tremendous job and I'm certainly proud to call him my buddy. I didn't know who was dragging who there for a little bit in this And his little skit he was putting on there But when he decided to turn me loose I'm glad I didn't go flying in that piano So, (laughs) amen, amen I thought that was just a powerful illustration And uh, I believe that's something that these little children won't forget And even us older children Amen, amen Exodus chapter 40 and verse 33 And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hanging of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon. And the glory of the Lord filled their tabernacle. I want to to deal with that this evening on the glory of the Lord. And he said that, that Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all, their jo- in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. Let's just speak to the Lord this, this afternoon. Heavenly Father, we come before you Lord, you are a faithful high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And Lord, what a privilege it is for us to be able to come before you and to reach out and touch you, Lord. And we realize that just one touch, Lord, just of the hem of your garment, it healed a blood issue, Father. And maybe there's somebody here that has had a blood issue or has a blood issue in their life. But I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over this congregation tonight and over their lives and over every situation. And Lord, we just want to just cling unto you, Father. And and Lord, may the Holy Spirit, as we begin to feel you tug on our hearts, Lord Jesus. We've not come here to occupy a pew, Father. We've not come here to be seen of men. But Father, we know that, that we are in a very special and a very important time in life that men and women are making decisions even right here in their pews, Father. And Lord, we know that there is power in our decision and we realize that we are put here on free moral agency. But Father, we, we want our choice to line up with your choice. And Father, we ask Lord that you would come and you would have the preeminence in this service tonight that you would begin to bless your children like never before father we've we've heard this word all of our life we're not we're not a people that that are new to these things we're not a people that have just come about but lord i, I understand lord jesus that we're a mature group father we are listening to the word of god daily and lord it, it would begin to get a little bit more than a man could handle if he began to think about it in his own human ability. But we realize, Father, that you have something that you want to speak unto us. And, Lord, we realize the importance of going to church, Lord, that you told us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together there as we see the day approaching, Father. So we realize that that you went to church, Father. Lord, you had to pray. So, Father, we, how much more as sons and daughters of God, is it our importance to draw close to you, Father, and to to ask, Lord, that your word would come and take the preeminence in our life, forgiving us of all of our sins, our mistakes, and our failures, Lord, and ministering to the lost and the bound, Father. And, Lord, we'll be careful to serve you and give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor tonight. And, Lord, may you be high and lifted up in this place. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen, amen. Uh, I'll let you have your seats this evening. I'd like to speak to you this evening on awakened, awakened to the Shekinah, awakened to the Shekinah. And I sent this this quote, quotation there. Brother Branham said, The identified Christ of all ages. He said, Until you come in behind that badger skin, and until you get out of your old skin, your old thoughts, your old creeds, and come into the presence of God then the word becomes a living reality to you. You see, if you're always out there in your own thoughts, if you're always out there in your own ways, or if you're always staying out there, you're, you're gonna have your own opinion you're gonna have your own thoughts he said but he said if you can come in behind the badger skin he said then the word becomes a living reality to you then you're awakened to the shekinah glory then the bible becomes a new book then jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever you're living in his presence eating the showbread that's only provided that day for believers, for priest only, and we realize that we are living in a very, very special and powerful moment in time. That we're living in the fulfillment of, of Malachi four, and we're for, we're living in the fulfillment of Luke seventeen and thirty, and Luke, uh, Revelations three and fourteen, and Revelations 10, 1, and ten seven. But we realize that there's a people that are fulfilling. They're fulfilling that portion of Scripture that is laying there. That's laying in the Word of Revelations 10, 8 through 11, that we are to prophesy again, and we know that the Bible has told us that we are kings and priests, and we realize just to set a little, set a little foundation that, that at the, the establishment of the tabernacle, that only the priests were able to go in under the tabernacle and carry, carry the burdens of the people, but the Bible tells us in the book of Revelations that we are kings and priests. And knowing this, that as message believers, that this message that we have received is none other than the king's message. And this king's message is not leaving us where we were. It's not leaving us in our mind complacent. It's not leaving us as we were. It didn't, we didn't come as we were and stay as we were, but this message, it changed us. I remember when I got behind that old badger skin. And I remember how that, how that this message, how that the message brought a new light to the book. I remember meeting him face to face one night. I I remember the day that he he got a hold of my life, though he saved me 2,000 years ago, but I remember the day that I woke up to the fact that I always was a son and daughter of God. And I, though I'd read this Bible many a times, I'd read it from Matthew to Revelation, I'd went back and forth, I'd familiarized myself with the Psalms, but when I had an acquaintance with the Shekinah, this Bible become a new book I couldn't put it down my my wife said there's got to be something up with him I I don't know what happened to him out there on those streets but I I got a new husband and I'm so thankful that there was one that came looking for me even though I may not have been looking for him but he woke me up to the fact that he's not a dead God but he's a living God and I'm so thankful to realize this evening that that we're children of the most high God and even though we've got struggles and even though we've got car carnal things that are constantly going on. This message is moving us into a faith that we're, that, 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 that we're believing for a rapture. It's, it's taking us higher in our thought. It's taking us higher in our worship. And we realize that Brother Branham would say that there is rapturing faith that is laying it right here in the word. And I'm so thankful to know that it's this message that'll wake you up to the fact that you don't have to stay here till the bombs drop. You don't have to stay here in the tribulation. You don't have to go through this chaos but there is a way of escape and we realize that we're living in a world where Satan's got an agenda it's not just against the world but it's an attack on the bride of Jesus Christ and we realize that Satan is forcing his agenda he's forcing his tempts he's he's forcing his demons to try to influence the service and try to hinder and try to move you into your thoughts and move you out of this service in a way to take you out of this building and take you to your law or or take you to your car problems or, or take you to your financial problems but I believe that there's a force of the Holy Ghost here as well that'll make you leave your problems when you come in a door I believe there's a force of the power of God that'll make you move right into rapturing faith to believe that all things are possible to them that believe realize that Brother Brandon would say that national force had put Israel back in her homeland. He said national force will also put the world, put the church in the world, cancel churches. But he said it would be the power of God that will put the people in the bride. He said the world forces this way and the world forces that way but God forces upward and we're not sitting here this evening as a bunch of edgy elementary school girls. We know exactly what we're talking about this evening and we realize that we are forcing or we are forcing are forcing the issue and standing here and pushing back. Amen. Satan is pushing against us like never before. We ought to push back on hell, and we ought to tell hell we're not going to stand back and let you run over top of us. If hell's gonna fight, we ought to fight back as well. If hell's gonna loose every every power it's got against us, we ought to loose every power that we got and not just stand back and hold back everything that we've been garnering all these years. If there ever was a time to stand up and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, it's this time. If there ever was a time to testify of the God that saves, it's this time. If there ever was a time to testify, there's a God that heals, there's a God that delivers. If if there ever was a time we ought to just wake ourselves up to the fact that Jesus Christ ain't done with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You realize that Satan is trying to stop the very purpose of God, but do you realize to, to think about that, that Satan is trying to stop the very purpose of God? I believe that God's got a purpose to heal you. He's got a purpose to fill you. He's got a purpose to save you. And we realize that Satan has got a purpose to stop or try to defeat the very purpose of God. But if he could do that, he wouldn't be known as Satan, the prince of the power of the air. He would be known as Satan, the almighty. You see, he would be known as Satan Almighty, but he can't stand here as the Almighty God. He can't stand here as the Omnipotent God because there's one that already has claimed that title tonight. His name ain't some weak name. It's the most powerful name that's ever been named on the face of the earth. You're not asleep to the fact to realize that you're serving a weak God. You have awoken to realize that you are serving the mighty God. He's, you're serving El Shaddai. You're serving Jehovah Shammai. The Lord is there. You're not serving a weak God that's pushed back in a corner by Satan, the prince of the power of the air. You're serving El Shaddai, Elohim, Ruach Elohim, the God that created you, the God that sustained you. I want to tell you tonight, church, the God that you're serving is not asleep, but he's woke up and looking over you. I say, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. <laughs> Hallelujah. He's the God that created the stars. He's the God that created the molecules. He's the God that created you. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Isn't he wonderful? Isn't he wonderful? Now notice what what David said in Psalms chapter three. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice and he heard me out of his holy hill. He said, I laid me down and slept and I awake for the Lord has sustained me. For I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people. Let him set themselves against me roundabout." And to think that David was in a spot, many like you're in a spot tonight. That David was in a spot when every, it seemed like every gun was turned on him where it seemed like every 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 enemy was against him. But David said, I laid me down and I sleep, and I slept and I awakened. Notice when he got up, he was just as safe and secure as he was when he went to bed. He had not been suddenly attacked by his foes. He had not been crushed by his own anguish in his spirit. He had been, he had, he had, he had woke up to the same enjoyments of life that he went to sleep with. And I'll say this, man is not the maker of our destiny. Man is not the maker of your destiny. So even Satan himself cannot be the crusher of our destiny. He knows where you're at. God knows what you're going through. So Satan cannot checkmate God and try to say that this is your last move. You can't strip God of his omnipotence, but we have been awakened to the knowledge that God is our sustainer, that God is our protector, that God is our deliverer. I'm not, I'm not asleep on this matter, but I am awakened to the fact that he is my mighty conqueror. I am awakened to the fact that he is, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not asleep on this fact. I realize he's the mighty angel, so every devil in hell is not gonna be able to lull me back to sleep. Which some man made idea. Let me say this to you. Brother Branham said that the mighty conqueror is here. He said, and when he's here, doomed devils are on the run. I'll say this to the church of the living God. Almighty God is here, and doomed devils are still on the run, and they will be running. Hallelujah. We are awakened to the fact that we are the temple of the Most High God. For the Bible said in 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Colossians 1 and 26, even the mystery which had been hid from ages and from generations but now was made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery amongst the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see, God don't accept no fellowship outside of these words right here, Christ in you, the hope of glory. He doesn't accept the fellowship card. He doesn't accept the denomination. He doesn't accept the creed. He doesn't accept anything else because it's dead and it's been pruned off, but he does accept that Christ is in you, the hope of glory, and that's what God is wanting to do like never before. He wants you. You're his tabernacle. You're his dwelling place. Shekinah simply means the dwelling place of God. It is the physical manifestation of God and the tabernacle was the place that he came to dwell. To realize tonight that he's wanting to have the preeminences in you. You realize that what he has spoken, he is the God that created it, and he is the God that said it was good. So if he said it, it will be that. If he said, let there be light, there had to be light or he wasn't God. So he's the God that performs the word, and that's exactly what he's wanting to see his children acting like the Father, You see, the reason why you can say that your body is the temple or your body is the tabernacle of the Holy Ghost is because the dynamics are there is that right it ain't just good enough just to have the mechanics it's not just good enough to sit there and know all the scriptures or know all the dates and know all the quotes but you got to have the dynamic power of the holy ghost you can't separate one from the other but you cannot make this run you cannot make this message work without the dynamics of the holy ghost you realize that when you go to reading over Genesis, that there was a guy that was much like some of you. He had the name of, he was, a, he was a shyster. He was a liar. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? I'm talking about Jerry. Oh, wait a minute, I'm talking about Brother Fred. No, I'm talking about Jacob. He was a shyster. He was one that could pull something over on. He'd pull it over on his brother. He'd pull it over on his father. He'd pull the wool over his own father-in-law Laban back there. But you know when you find that in the Bible that that Jacob was traveling in Genesis 28 that you'll find that that Jacob was traveling from Beersheba to Haran. And when he got over there the Bible said that he found a place and he lifted off that he laid himself down to sleep. Now here, I've never been in that country before, but the Bible declares to us that Jacob made his pillow out of stones. Now I've not been over there; they must have they must have the softest stones I ever that I've ever that I've ever that you ever could imagine. But here, Jacob, I can't imagine sleeping all night on the back of a rock. But if you'll catch a spiritual revelation of it, you'll find yourself sleeping on a stone. But Jacob is there and he's laying, he's laying there and he goes to sleep. And the Lord visited him in a dream. He visited him in a dream. And there was a ladder that was hooked, that was hooked on earth. And it, and it came and it hooked on earth. And there it was hooked in heaven. And there was angels ascending and descending. And the Lord was at the top of that ladder. And the Lord spoke unto him, Jacob, the land where you're laying, I'm giving that to you. I am the the Lord your God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac, but I am also your God. But the land where you're laying on is the land that I'm going to give unto you. And when Jacob woke up. Go and read it. When Jacob woke up, he realized that the Bible said that he woke up out of his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. I'm afraid that too many times people are just like Jacob. And they're asleep on the fact that he is still here. They have missed a recognizing of the day and the message that they're living in. But Jacob didn't just stay there in his slumber or in his sleep. He woke up to the fact that Jehovah was his portion. He didn't stay there or forget what what the Lord had dropped into his heart and visited him by a dream. What did the Bible tell us? That Jacob got up and he built an altar. And if there ever was a time to rebuild your family altar, If there ever was a time to have the fire fall from, fall from heaven again, it's time again. Maybe you, could be like, maybe you could be like Elijah when you're standing up there with the prophets of Baal and say maybe your God's a dead God. Maybe he's out there on a fishing trip. Maybe he's out there asleep. Why don't you go wake him up? But they never could wake up the God Baal because he wasn't a living God. But Elijah said, go ahead and put put water all over this fire. Put water all over this sacrifice. And let the God that answers by fire, let him be God. What did Elijah do? He was rebuilding the altar. Oh, if the fire's gone off of your altar, you can't entertain some strange fire and entertain some cold form of religion. It'll never get you nowhere. It won't get you in a body change. It won't get you in a rapture. But if you can get the fire that was on the altar, it won't go out. Hallelujah. Notice this is the place that he's resting in, where Jacob is resting in. He's resting right here on this thought. And the place that you're laying in, Jacob, this is your land. As far as you can search that way, as far as you can run that way, as far as you can go that way, and as far as you can go that way, that land is your land. It's not just your land, but it's your offspring after you. You see, what is God saying to you, church, where you're resting at in this message of the hour is your inheritance. For the Bible said in Isaiah 28 that with a a stammering tongue and another tongue will I come and this will be the refreshing of the Lord. Those that are weary can rest right here that the Holy Ghost is your only place of heaven, a place of rest. Oh, it's time that you wake up and realize that God is here. What did he do? He woke up and he built an altar and he said, this is the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. What was he saying? This is the house of God's bread. If you're ever going to get fed, you got to go to Bethel. That's why the prophet would preach a powerful message on why little Bethlehem, why did the God of heaven come to a little bitty town that was so insignificant? why did he come to this little town? Because he was the bread of heaven. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And any man that taketh away or added to him shall be receiving of the plagues that are laid here in the book. You cannot have overcoming power and take away from the bread of life. You'll never feed your soul on the, on the, on this message. You'll never feed your soul trying to feed your, trying to feed your flesh. But if you can feed upon Bethel one time, There was a reason why David longed for that water. There was a reason why Jesus had to come to that little town. Because he was the bread of heaven. What did Jacob wake up to? What did he wake up to? The fact that Jehovah was his portion and that God was for him and for his seed that even though that even though Jacob was hated and even though Jacob was scorned by his family but because Jacob loved the birthright God was saying I got a place for you and some of you have been running from pillar to post trying to find your direction but God is saying I got a place for you This is a place of your rest. It ain't in some man's ideas. It ain't in some man's creeds. But it is in the very word of God. Notice when, when Moses was given the instructions on the tabernacle in the wilderness. You see, the tabernacle had served as a place of worship for Israel. After God gave Moses on Mount Sinai the commandments, an ordinance, he gave Moses instructions to construct the tabernacle. That this would be the place where God's presence would come. As I said, the Shekinah, the Shekinah is the visible manifestation of the presence of God. And that's what I'm, I'm driving at tonight. Is that, that we are awakened to the fact that his physical presence is here. That's who you're feeding on. That's the one that comes time after time and feeds your soul and ministers unto you. And many, many carnal people look around and think, well, that was just a man or that was just his doing. But you'll wake up to the fact if God ever gets a hold of you, this is the Lord's doing. This is the Lord's doing. But notice, On the outside, on the outside of the tabernacle, it was surrounded by a white curtain that was known as the outer courts. And out there in the outer courts was a brazen altar, was the brazen lever, where the priests would wash and kill the sacrifice. The tent itself was covered by, by four separate coverings with, with linen and pure white goat's hair, ram skin that was dyed red. But the very top layer that Jehovah would look on as he would come and condescend upon the tabernacle was that of badger skin, which is the meanest animal, which is one of the fiercest animals that there is. Notice, that in that tent there was two rooms. There was the outer eastern court, which was known as the holy place. And in the holy place, there was furniture of the altar of incense. There was a seven golden candlesticks, and there was a table of the shewbread, where the priests would make it every Sabbath. There was a there was a there was a layer for the twelve tribes, for the twelve tribes, and it had to be fresh every day or every Sabbath. It had to be made over but over on the inner western room was known as the holies of holies. And to think that today, that you're a triune being. You're a triune being. And how many times have you tried, have you tried to please this outside? How many times have you judged your Christian walk by this outer court? There's some days when this outer court don't look like, don't look like a place of the tabernacle where Shekinah is dwelling. There's some days where it's raining on the outside. There's some days when it seems like you can't ever get the fire lit. There's some days out there when it seems like the sacrifice ain't cooperating with you. They're trying to run away from you. But there's some days when you move in to the, to the, to the inner room, to the holy place, but in there is the golden candlesticks. If you stay in there in a spot of sanctification, you'll stay there and get all smutty up. I went one time, there's a place in Pennsylvania that's got a recreation of the tabernacle and wilderness. And you walk into that outer court and you look at it and you see all the glory, but you walk in, you walk into the holy place, into the first room, they light the seven golden candlesticks and they burn the incense there. You can't hardly stay there because of the smoke that is in the room. You can't, you can't hardly see what's on the other side of the room. You can't hardly even see the furniture that is laying there because of the smoke that is in the room. And if you stay in a spot of sanctification, your life will become so smoked up that you can't see the purpose on going to church on Saturday and going to church on Sunday. If you stay in a spot of sanctification, you'll think playing tapes is okay and just live in any way, any kind of way you want to. If you stay in the the inner courts, if you stay out there, you're going to have troubles. Storms are going to rise up, and you'll think, well, God don't love me no more. I can't see his presence anymore. Oh, I remember. I remember how it was when he first got a hold of my life. But if you stay in a spot of sanctification, you'll forget those days because your memory will get all foggy. Think, where in the world is my God at? If God was really for me, if God was really for me, he'd move on this situation. If God was really for me, he would drive away this cancer out of Brother Ron's life, or he'd drive the cancer out of Sister Erica's Parker's life, or this, that one, or the other that's dealing with certain things. You see, you're living in a spot where you can't see the purpose of God. You watch somebody, they're always up against it or they never can't figure out the way, why's God a God gotta do it this way or why's it gotta come this way? They never went far enough yet. But if you can walk, if you can walk just a little bit further. Don't stop. Don't stop in your experience in just the holy place. Move on a little bit further. You see, everything had to be in order and when you move over in into the holies of holies, there was a curtain that was separating, there was a curtain that was separating the holy place from the holies of holies. And there was only one piece of furniture that was in that room. And you think about all the materials where where Moses is telling, telling all these tribes, you get this one from that one, and you go, you build it according to this. There's only one piece of furniture in there because God only wants your attention on him. He don't want your attention on what the world's going. He don't want your attention on what Russia's doing. He don't want your attention on what Biden's doing. He's wanting your attention solely on him. In there was only one piece, which was the Ark of the Covenant. But on the inside of that Ark of the Covenant was the two tables of stones that held the commandments of Almighty God. On the inside of that Ark of the Covenant was the golden pot full that was full of the manna that rained down. And every priest that would come into there was able to partake of the original manna that fell down on the very first day. Oh, I want to preach to you right there. Every person sitting here has the ability to feast on the original manna that fell down on the day of Pentecost. It's the same as it was two thousand years ago. It don't get old in there, it don't get rotten in there, it don't get wiggle tails in there. Because it's housing the Shekinah glory. We say, Brother Andrew. There's no way that I could ever live this kind of message. There's no way that I could ever beat to a prophet's drum like that. My life, if you could take a look at my life, it ain't nothing. I've been so dried up, I look like a cactus. All you need is a little bit of watering. I'll tell you what, if God ever gets a hold of your life, you'll be amazed at what you do in this world. You'll be amazed how you act. They put Aaron's rod that was nothing but a dry old stick. They put it in that Ark of the Covenant. And when the Shekinah glory would come down, it blossomed exactly like it was in the very beginning. And, yo, you may be, well, may you baby dark. You may have sin stacked up against your life. You think there's no way you let the Shekinah come over your life. And you'll show exactly what you were to show in the very beginning, because He is the life. Amen. And you think about this high priest that was only allowed. You can go back and study the scriptures through Leviticus, powerful studies. But the high priest, and you know these things, but I'm I'm going through these things again for a purpose but the high priest is only allowed to go in there one time a year. And you get the joy of coming into it day after day after day after day. We said, well, I don't know about that. If you're God's tabernacle, do you realize Brother Branham said that God goes to church every day? And you can't hardly show up once a month. But God, if God is your tabernacle, If you are the tabernacle of Almighty God, brother, the Brother Random said that God goes to church every day. He's living in you and expressing out of you his Godhead deity showing again that God is alive living in this mortal flesh. This high priest, you you know the stories, you know the scriptures, he had to be dressed right. He had had the oil dripping off of him. He had to have the blood that was touched on his ear, touched on his hand, and touched on his foot. Showing that when you walk into the presence of Almighty God, you've got to hear through the blood. You've got to do actions through the blood. And you've got to walk with the blood and he's walking, he's walking, and he's got his priestly garments on. He's carrying the ephod on his shoulders with two onyx stones, and when he's walking in there on those onyx stones is the name of the tribes of the children of Israel. So when the high priest is walking in there, he's not walking in there alone. He's walking in there with your name on it, and the Bible said he is the high priest of our confession. He's walking in, he don't just stay out there where it's raining, when there's troubles on every side, when there's wars and there's rumors of wars. He don't just stay out there, he moves into the holy place. His beard is dripping with oil. He's dressed right and he walks once a year, once a year walks into this place. And on the bottom of his priestly garments, there's pomegranates and there's bells that are ringing out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. I think if a bell and a pomegranate could do it. If a priest's garment could do it, what ought the children of God be able to do? He walks in there He walks in there. Notice, the noise wasn't only for God, but the noise was for the other people too. Because that was the only sign that the priest was still alive you say well I don't want to bless God you say I don't want to praise God I don't want to worship God I'm going to because I'm going to let the outside world know that there is a living God and I'm still living in his presence I'm still shaking and blessing his holy name in his presence he said, Well, I'm not going to do it. There's going to be somebody that'll be a king and priest that'll walk into the Shekinah glory and know a pair walking right, dressing right, living right, praising his name right. Well, if you study his message out, you'll find that Brother Branham said, he says, in a way, that that room was a soundproof room. He said it was built in such a way that you couldn't pay attention to the lines on the outside. And if there ever was a time to shut up the critics and shut up the people making fun of you and shut up the people that are saying things about you and saying things about your pastor and saying things about this message, if there ever was a time to drown out the outside world and come into a room and not pay no attention to whatever devil in hell is trying to do against this church and do against this message, you ought to let your bells and your pomegranates ring out one more time holy, holy, holy you get one time in his presence and you'll not pay attention to the naysayers you'll not pay attention to Satan you'll not pay attention to his demons come what may I'm going on with Jesus That little tent is where God tabernacled. That little place. Could you imagine, as an onlooker coming over the hill, looking over and saying, What's that going on down there? I'm going to tell you what, it takes a big place to put two million people at. But could you imagine? Brother Tyler coming over and looking over that hill. And somebody's saying, What in the world is going on? What's, what's, why are those people camping out? This ain't no time for camping. This is a time to be moving. And somebody said, Well, you don't know what they're doing. You see that tent there, there. You're not going to believe this. But there's a prophet that got instructions on how to build this body. I know you're not going to believe this, but that's where, what's that dinky looking tent out there and it's covered around by them curtains? What are they so scared about? You don't realize, but that's where our God lives. You've got to be kidding me. That's where your God lives at. We carry our God around. Oh, brother, we don't have to carry our God. He carries us. He ain't an idol and he ain't an image, but he's made us an image. And he wants your tent. And you think, what in the world's God doing inside of that little girl? That's where God's living at. And the rest of the world said, why is she acting like that? The Shekinah came down. And the Shekinah began to bless. And the Shekinah began to pour out. She couldn't contain herself. You mean to tell me that's where your God lives at? Absolutely. You mean to tell me that he lives under the fifth rib of your heart, that he wants to dwell there? Absolutely. But you don't know him like I know him. You don't know him like I know him. Let me tell you, the first thing that God seen when he came down was nothing but an old badger skin. Some of the meanest people I ever knew in my life sitting in this message. They ain't known as an old badger no more. I'm gonna tell you right now, you don't wanna mess with us the way we are, but you definitely didn't wanna mess with us when we had that old stinking nature on us. What was it? It was a veil. And it was hiding to the outside world, almighty God. And when they came in Hebrews or John chapter 12 and those Greeks, they desired to see God and they were looking at him. But they couldn't see him because of the veil. And they can't see him today because of the veil. And they get confused and say, that ain't nothing but an old badger skin. It used to be on an animal. But that is a place where God's wanting to dwell. There's a lot of people that look on it today and say ain't nothing but a bunch of holy rollers. But that's where God lives at. Let me tell you, you ever get good and woke up one time? Man, you're sleeping good. You're sleeping a night away. You done took 15 melatonin to get that way. And baby, you're rocking out some logs. But all of a sudden, your wife... Here's a knock, or she hears, thinks she hears a knock. Oh, hell ain't gonna keep you asleep. You wake up and grab a baseball bat, say, hey, wait a minute, let me grab my glasses. I can't even see who I'm swinging at. I know I heard something, honey. I that never, that's never happened to me. I'm just going by another story by somebody else. Did you hear that? Must be them bears again. But you, you, you ever get good and woke up like that, you ain't going back to sleep. Ain't something pumping on the inside of you. You can take NyQuil. You can take ZQuil. You can take all kinds of Benadryl, but you're not going to put that thing back to sleep. You might as well go ahead and study the seventh seal because you're woke up. You can't put that thing back to sleep. That body's jacked up because somebody has woke you up. Let me say this to you. The reason why you catch this message is because it was seven thunders back there that woke this bride up. And there's no way that no cold creed dogma will ever put this bride back to sleep. We've been woke up, shook up, and there's something pumping on the inside of this body. I'm waking to the fact that the Jakarta wants this body, that the Jakarta wants to live here, that the wants to pour out. It's the greatest place to rest at, but it's the greatest fact to wake up to that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Was a type. The tabernacle was a type of Christ coming to dwell in you. We said, Well, there's no way I can live this, but I want to tell you, He's your way maker. Because the Bible said in Hebrews 9:11, But Christ being a high, priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh. And we, I I absolutely love studying on the tabernacle of the wilderness, but Haggai chapter 2 tells us that the glory of the former will be greater than the glory of the former. And to think that tonight, that as great as the tabernacle of the wilderness was, to think about the tabernacle of the man, Jesus Christ. There ain't never been a man like this man. There's never been anybody walking shoe leather like this one. There's never been anybody that could lay hands on a sick like this one. So you, you, ask, you ask this question, who's the one that's doing the work amongst us? It's got to be the one in this tabernacle again. Now notice, notice, Dwight Moody said this. He said the moment that Moses finished the work, the moment, the moment that he finished the work, the moment that the tabernacle was ready, the cloud came down, the Shekinah glory came and filled it so that Moses was not able to stand before the presence of the Lord. And Dwight Moody said, I believe firmly that the moment that our hearts are emptied of pride, selfishness and ambition and self-seeking and everything that's contrary to God's law, the Holy Ghost will come and fill every corner of our hearts. But if we are full of pride and conceit and ambition and self-seeking pleasures in the world, there's no room for the Spirit of God. And I believe many a man's praying to God to fill him when he's already full of something else. He said, but before we pray that God would fill us, he said, I believe we ought to pray that he empty us. I believe that C.S. Lewis said, God can't fill you if you're full of yourself. But this is the human flesh that deities want to dwell in again. To think this is the tabernacle where God wants to dwell, he wants your tent. He wants your 16 elements. He wants your heart. He don't need your money. He don't need your stinking attitude. He don't need your abilities. He just wants your heart. Samson gave everything away. He gave his power to God. He gave his strength to God. But he gave Delilah his heart. If he would have simply gave God his heart, they never could have been able to whip him. And if they sisters, if you sisters ever allow the enemy come to take your Nazarite vow away from you. Let me move on. The veil. The veil hid to the outside world, what was laying there. You see, there's where God dwells at, is in his church. That's laid up in accordance to his word. And the Bible tells us that God is dwelling in earthen vessels. Paul would say that we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us, to think about what a power that you have, that you have this treasure in earthen vessels. What I love about, I absolutely love that scripture, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, that, that we have this treasure. It's the greatest treasure you'll ever find, young people. It ain't gold, it ain't silver. Jesus said, Put your treasure up where man can't steal it and rust can't corrupt it. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the power, the excellency be a power of God and not of ourselves. How many believe that? How many believe that you have this treasure in earthen vessels? So when you go through some stuff, are you able to say, We have this treasure? because Paul said that we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. But we're always bearing about in the body, the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Glory to God to think that tonight that you have a part of Almighty God living on the inside of you. You remember Brother Brandon talking about that Chinese laundryman, how he would come over here? He said it was a great contract that they had. He said even better than what we've got today. He said because man can forge statements that they write out on letters. He said but those men, they'd come over here and they'd take that piece of paper. And before you could, you'd take your dirty clothes in there and before you could get them back, the ticket had to match up. So they would rip it, and when you come in there, if you didn't have the right parts, you couldn't get your clothes back. But if you had the right part, you'd get your dirty clothes back clean again. And he said, up there on Golgotha, he said, God tore his only son apart. He said, but he sent down his son. He sent down his spirit to live in you. He said, and now we're watching the two parts of the contract come back together. He said, Jehovah of the Old Testament was Jesus Christ of the new and he matched every old prophecy that was laying there. And he said, everything within me is testifying that this message of the hour matches everything. You realize tonight that you've got a part of heaven living on the inside of you. I got the message of the hour in me it ain't on the outside. It ain't on tapes and books. God wants your heart. See, we're not, living under, we're not living under the light of Luther's day or Wesley's day. We're living under the light, not even the light of Pentecost day. We are living under bride time. And when Jesus was standing there, he told them, he said, in vain do you worship me. If you're gonna worship God, you gotta worship Him in spirit and in truth. True worship comes from the heart. True worship is a giving, is a giving worship, expecting nothing in return. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. But too many people got their hands out today wanting to receive without giving anything. But let me move on. Jesus said that in vain do you worship me, teaching for doctrines the traditions of men. And he said, by that you've made the word of God no effect. He said, so if I come to preaching to you a Methodist message, he said, it won't have no effect on you. He said, because this is bride time. He said but if there's a predestinated seed that has come to this moment, it's got to be watered with the same with the same water that is under the anointing that it's in. So you can't water this message seed with some cold baptist idea. You can't separate, you can't separate the word and the spirit because they're one and neither can you separate us from the message because we are a part of the message. Let me move on, I'm I'm gonna drop a few quotes right here. He said the Shekinah, he said it ripens the showbread that we feast on and drive across the country for, hundreds of miles. He said, it's the believer's food. It's only for a believer. Remember, the showbread was only for believers only. The shewbread seed, he said, what does it do? That of glory over the shewbread keeps it from spoiling.' Again, he said, what's the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory today? He said, it's to break beyond the veil to see who God is standing before you, the pillar of fire. He is veiled in human flesh. But what does the Shekinah, what does the Shekinah, what did it do? He said the showbread seed the word that we are to live in this day by these promises. The Shekinah glory ripens that shoebread bread and brings it to pass and makes it bread to the believer that laid there in the pages of the Bible, year after year, the word for this age. So if he said it, I believe it. So if he said it, it's gotta come to pass. He said he would come, and his promises is equal to his presence. Again, he said, but what does it do in this last day? What is it to reveal, to bring forth? What Malachi for to do? It's to turn back the people from the stum- from that stumbling block to break down the traditions and reveal the bread with the Shekinah glory. Watch it ripen and produce just exactly what it said it would do. The showbread of this age. So you can take this message and you can stick it out on your own island, but without the Shekinah, it'll never work. And there's men that try to push it off and say you can do this or if you follow this. Well, I'm just gonna stay home. I'm just gonna do it this way or I'm gonna do it that way. It'll never produce John 14 and 12. But if you fall in line with the shoe bread of this day, and it's only for believers, you'll never be able to eat on the unfailing body of the Word if you're an unbeliever. But if you're in line with the Word, that shoe bread and the Shekinah glory meeting up together will produce the same works that Jesus did. It'll produce the same faith that Jesus had. It'll produce the same works because you are a believer and you may not be able to figure out how in the world I can do that how in the world I can lay hands on a sick how in the world can brother Joseph get better how in the world can this one overcome this one and how can this one overcome this sickness but the Shekinah coming behind the message will make it work out exactly what he said there you see you're not alone but you're walking into an atmosphere where the presence of the Lord is You're not, the Shekinah cannot be separated. The dynamics will not come to a tabernacle that's not feeding on the mechanics. Notice, he said you get the people in the right kind of atmosphere and all kinds of things will happen. You see, if you're out there in the outer courts, Nothing's gonna happen for you. If you're out there in sanctification, it may you may get a glimpse of it. The curtain may open just a little bit, but you've not went on far enough. He said, but it takes the atmosphere, it takes the atmosphere of the people to create the miracles. Yeah. I got one quote that I, I, I gotta drop to you, and then I'm, gonna, then I'm gonna, I'm gonna close out. Grab your purse. You ain't gotta grab your jacket, it's hot outside. But I know you're getting ready. Resurrection power just went through the body. He's a closing. I'm going to preach that one these days. I'm a closing. We'll have ourselves a shouting meeting, won't we? Notice, he said the constant words of Jesus said, Fear not. He said, I'm he that was dead and alive and again alive forevermore. He said, Fear not. He said, get that atmosphere around you. Get the atmosphere. He said, now he's he said, well, now he's a Methodist, or he's a oneness, he's a Trinitarian, he's this, that, or the other. Get that out of your mind. I love him. He's my brother. She's a Catholic. She's a Protestant. She's a Protestant. Get that out of your mind. Get an atmosphere around you that you'll never, do, you'll never do it standing out there in this other court. You've got to come into Christ first and live in his presence. There's certain people that you absolutely love to be around because it's an atmosphere that to create. And that's what he's trying to drive. Get this kind of atmosphere. That though your enemies may be scorning you and laughing at you, have the kind of atmosphere that the people around you can't even tell you between your friends, between your friends and your enemies. Get the kind of atmosphere. Get an atmosphere around you. You gotta come into Christ first and live in his presence. And he said, the Bible said that he that overcometh, I'll give him a new name, I'll put my spirit in him. Watch. There's an overcoming. First, you've got to overcome these things in order to be in Christ. He said that's where the church is failing in one place. Overcoming, overcoming temperance, overcoming temper, overcoming difference, overcoming church prejudice, overcoming hatred. And many people tonight who shout and speak with tongues and run up and down the aisle and hate their neighbor. Brother, you're lost yet. That's hard to say, but that's the truth. Overcome, you can, only, you can only overcome when you say, well, you say, well, I'm eating manna, glory to God. Yes, but look what happens from one day to the other. He said, you get the miss meal cramps. He said, come on up here where the manna's fresh all the time, where your neighbor treats you right or not. You love them anyhow. That's the kind of attitude that you gotta have to make the word of God come to pass. I enjoy. Let me just drop this, and this is free. This is for me. It may be not for anybody else, but I, I enjoy. I enjoy revivals. We're coming up on a revival. We got Brother Wayne Lawson coming here in a couple of weeks. We're looking for a great time. Invite your friends. Invite your neighbors. Invite your enemies. It works. I enjoy these meetings, and I enjoy. I enjoy going to these camps. I enjoy going to these great these great meetings and watching the power of God come down. I'm, I'm preaching these things. I'm going to these things because I want to see one soul saved. But everybody loves riding the ways of the Holy Ghost. And they're living, and you watch so many times today young people running from this camp to that camp. And I'm for them going. But you ought to be able to bring something back home. Some people are only living during spring and summertime when all the camps are really going on and they go two weeks without a camp, and man, God's not for them, and God's against them. What they got is the Miss meal cramps, and they're just feeding off of the atmosphere of the meeting. But I happen to believe we're blessed people here tonight, and we feel like we've got convention atmosphere weekend after weekend, night after night. I believe if you ain't getting something from your church this is going out over the internet, and if you ain't getting something from your pastor, you're probably not putting nothing in. But if you can get an atmosphere and create an atmosphere where the Holy Ghost is welcome, you'll watch the spirit of the living God come like never before. Will you say, my pastor don't preach like brother Ron, or my pre- pastor don't preach like brother Wayne. Do you, made man? I ain't preaching this to you because y'all are the y'all my church, so I'm gonna say this. y'all are the best eight manners there is in the message. If you wanna beat that when I'm gone somewhere, go ahead and try. <laughs> but you say, Well, my pastor don't preach like that, or my my church don't teach like that, or preach like that. Why don't you start worshiping and why don't you start praising God like you're at a convention every weekend, every service? and you'll watch an atmosphere created where the miraculous can take place. I tell you, when you create an atmosphere like this that you feel right now, this is the kind of atmosphere that eagles are born in. This is the kind of atmosphere that cancer get cast out in. This is the kind of atmosphere that young people get filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I'm awakened to the fact that God's still God, and his enemies are liars. I'm awakened to the fact. You can have it in your home. You can have it in your car. You ask Brother Adam, you ask Brother Matthew, you ask us as a team, you say, well, I ain't got that kind of job like that. You got that kind of car like I got. You got the same iPhone or the same message that I got. I play it all day long, and when I ain't playing it, I'm singing something. I'm trying to get, I feed my spirit and feed my soul. And when you get to church, church already began before you got here. The Bible said in Jeremiah 29, 13, I'm closing. Musicians ain't coming yet because I ain't done, but I'm close. But he said, when you search for me with all your heart, you'll find me. And the Bible said, when when you start looking at Solomon's lover, and she said in Song of Solomon chapter 3, she said that I searched for him. She said, I laid there in my bed and I searched for him. I searched for him, but I couldn't find him. Let me tell you something, you're never going to find the lover of your soul just laying in your bed. You're going to have to get up out of your sleep and get up out of your slumber. You're going to have to wake up to the fact. She said, but when I arose, I went through the city and I talked to the gatekeepers and said, have you found my lover? Have you seen my lover? And when I was a little bit past them, she said, I found the one that my soul longed for i tell you one thing, Church of the Living God, you'll never find him laying in your bed. You'll never find him sitting there in your self-pity. You'll never find him in your sickness. You'll never find him laying there. When's God ever gonna do something for me? You've heard a shout, and you've got the oil, but it's time to wake up, you that sleep. When you wake up, you're gonna find out he ain't a dead God you're going to find that he's a living God you're going to wake up to the fact that he's your sustainer he's your protector he's your miracle worker he's your promise keeper you're going to wake up to the fact Ruth yes there's a spot when you got to wait there's a spot when you got to rest lay your head right here Ruth and you rest right here on this I'm going to do the work Ruth you can rest right here but when you wake up you're not going to be known as a nobody. You're not going to be known as a nobody, as somebody that was getting by barely. You're going to be known with the one that's a mighty man of wealth. He's not a God that's washed up or washed out. He's my God. He's the God of all my days. I don't know too much about the gods of the sports of this world. I don't know too much about the gods of Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley. But I knew no, I do know about the God of Heaven. I know this God, and this God is willing to heal you. This God's willing to forgive you. I can't be put back to sleep. I woke up to the fact that he's here. I'm woke up to the fact that I'm not entertaining some man, but I'm entertaining the angel of the Lord. I've woke up to the fact that I'm not called a Moabitess no more, but I am known as Ruth the Redeemed. He thought you were worth going in front of all the public eye. He thought you were worth going in front of everybody. And the Bible said there was one that was closer of kin than that of Boaz. But he wouldn't mar his own inheritance. He said, if you you redeem Naomi, you got to take Ruth. And he wasn't willing to mar his testimony. But God was willing to step out into the public eye and kick his shoe off and make a public testimony that I am a mighty man of wealth. I am her redeemer. I am a closest of kin. I'm willing to do everything. Oh, hallelujah, when he redeemed Israel, he got the Gentile bride. I'm waking to the fact that he can't leave me down here, but he's gotta take me in a moment in a twinkling of an eye, between the hours of six and nine. I'm woke up to the fact. Oh, it's a body change for the body of Jesus Christ you can take me to the graveyard you can lay this whole body down but on resurrection morning you might run your race just a little bit faster than me but homer fraser homer fraser will be there charlie spencer will be there hallelujah christine spencer will be there your loved ones will be there and they're looking through the lattice of time, saying, "Run your race. You have woke up to a message that'll finish this Gentile dispensation. Run with everything within you. Run with the King's message. Run with the King's scepter. Don't let no man stand before you." I woke up to the fact. I woke up to the fact that my praise here is just only a type of what is gonna be there. I'm woke up to the fact that I'm gonna bless him all my days. I'm woke up to the fact that every devil in hell has got his guns trained against us, but I can't go back to sleep and think that we ain't got enough power to shut him up. Let the musicians come i got to quit preaching. You ain't going to put me back to sleep on this, Brother Davey. You can't tell me God don't heal no more. You can't tell me God don't save no more. You can't tell me God don't deliver no more. You can't tell me God don't heal cancer no more. You can't tell me God don't fix marital problems anymore. I'm woke up to the fact that I can't go back to sleep, Brother Matthew. I happen to believe if God met me up there on the streets of Canada, he can meet you in a church building. I can't go to sleep on this fact. <laughs> Arise, thou that sleepest. God wants your tent. He's wanting to wake you up to the knowledge that deity is dwelling in you. I know it's a hard fact to admit sometimes, Brother Jerry. But that's a tabernacle. Man, I'm sure she can upset you sometimes. But little Rebecca is the tabernacle of Almighty God. Oh, It's hard. It's hard. It's hard to wake up and look over by a chainsaw, snoring in the bed beside you, and see God living in them. Let me go back to sleep on that fact but I can't be put back to sleep and think that that little girl right there some stuff I want you to know this that if God is your your everything your loved ones can walk away from you, your friends can mock you make fun of you but if you ever get woke up it doesn't matter what the critics say about you it doesn't matter what your family says about you it doesn't matter the storms that surround you you'll never go back to sleep because you've been awoken to the fact that the Shekinah is living. I'm thankful to know that it ain't just in one man, but I'm thankful to know that God's got some tabernacles like Stephen and Chris Short, that when I'm in trouble, that I can ask my brothers to pray for me. That God's living in a person by the name of Jordan Martin, that when I'm in trouble, I I can call on him, and he'll go to prayer for me. I I can't go back to sleep on the fact that God has still got some prayer warriors that's willing to press through the pain of laying on their knees all night long and calling out to God. Young people, I want you to know this. There's a whole lot of things that are going on out there in the world, but don't get your eyes on it. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ and keep your eyes on him, for he will be everything to you. When you don't know a way, he'll be your way. When you can't make a way, he'll make a way. He said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And whenever devil's got his gun pointed on you, you'll be all right. You'll stand the test of time. You'll stand right there because God is there. Let me tell you, my little girls, if they get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, they're sensitive to the Holy Spirit. They're sensitive to the moving of the angel. But if they ever get him, I'm not worried about what comes in life. Parents, it's time you turn your focus off of everything that's going on in the natural and turn it to the spiritual. Get woke up to the fact that the Shekinah wants to live in you. will you to offer your life for him? Won't you raise your hand and say, God, I want you to live and feel me like never before. I want you to manifest yourself in this tabernacle. I want you to express your Godhead in me. I want you to express your power in me. I want you to live in me. If you want me to, if you want me to, if you want me to speak, if you want me to praise, if you what if you just want me to be a prayer warrior, if you want me to be a silent, if you want me to be a you want me to be a silent partner with you, God, I want to be a silent partner. But Lord, let my life ring out holy, holy, holy unto the Lord. Father, fill me. Father, anoint me. Father, let your oil run over me. Father, let it come like never before and wake me to the fact that this is a dwelling place of Almighty God. You're not just wanting Brother Jim. You're not just wanting Brother Donnie. You're not just wanting Brother Ron, but you're wanting me, Lord Jesus. You're wanting my soul. You're wanting my energies. Why don't you open the windows of your soul just now, children, and let Him fill you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Father, purge me. Purge me. Wash me. Fill me, Father. Let this place be a place that you call home, that you call your place, that you call call heaven on earth. Let it be known to the onlookers that's the place where my God lives at. Oh God, let me live a testimony. Let me live a testimony like Enoch. That's so pleasing unto you, Father, that you can't leave me here. That I walked so close to you for 365 years of my life. I live this testimony. I live this message. Let me live that kind of word, Father. That one of these days you'll snatch me up while I'm walking with you. That King Theophany will pick me up. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's a time like never before. That we walk with you. Oh God, all my days, you are my God. Lord, we want to hear you say, we don't want to hear you say, depart from me, I never knew you in the first place. We don't want to stand there and say, God, we did this in your name. We healed in your name. We preached in your name. We praised in your name. Oh, we don't want to hear you say, depart from me, I never knew you. We want to hear those words. Well done. Well done. You live this message to the fullest. Well done. When the cousins were standing on the porch, and it was out of your hand. You had the material and you dressed yourself in the spoken word. Well Well done. Well done. Well done. pour out your praise he inhabits the praises of his children
0: Sometimes I feel protected. Hey!
1: Asked for a piece of clothing there, and everybody would shut her out and they wouldn't give her anything. She'd ask for different garments or different, maybe just a cold drink of water here or there. Just lived a smutty old life. She looked up on a hill and there was a fine mansion up there on the top of the hill. And she said, "I'm sure those are nice people up there. Surely they won't put me aside." She knocked on the door. She knocked on the door. And there was a man that opened the door and said, she said, well, I'm just asking for a piece of food. I'm asking for maybe a cold drink of water, a new, a, new, yeah, a new gown that I could wear. And the man said, honey, I've been looking for you everywhere. Why are you dressed like that? It was a man's wife that was living that kind of life. And all she had to do, was come and receive everything that was laying there in that mansion. Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. What you have is not your own problems. It's just being able to receive what He already gives you. And if you can open up your thoughts to this right here, that He's given you every promise He's already healed you. He's already give you the power to overcome. He's already give you sustaining life. If you could just say, Father, I'm gonna, if you're gonna open a door, I'm gonna come in. There ain't no need of you living that kind of life out there when you can come into the Father's house. Why don't you come in and receive him right now? Why don't you pray for these, these sisters that are here calling out to God? Why don't you lift your hands and say, Father, touch my brother, touch my sister. Fill them with the spirit of the living God. Forgive them, do a work like never before in this congregation. Wash us, oh God. Pray for one another. Don't pray for yourself just now. Pray for another. Lay your hands on them. Science tells us that when we lay hands on one another that there's a light that is transferred and we come here with a pillar of fire packed on the inside of our soul and we united ourselves together under the auspices of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray for one another like never before. Father, here we are, your children. Lord, we love you with everything that is with us, with an undying love, Father. Lord, we are not of those that turn away. We're not of those that go back, Father. Lord, we have come to you, Father, and we've received a kingdom that cannot be shook. And here's our brother and my sister, Lord, our our family of God that is here that is needy, Father. Brother Branham said the sickest body that I know is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm so thankful that I can point this body to a balm in Gilead. Lord Jesus, we have a physician in you. And Lord, you are our great physician. And we look to you for the healing of the body. Father, I pray that you'd pour out healing upon your daughter of, of Zion, Father, right now. Lord, I pray that you'd wash her from her sins and her iniquities. Washer of her mind matters. Washer of her of the chains and the circumstances of life, complexes and stigmas, oh God. Lord, may we receive everything that you've given unto us. Lord, we're your children and you are our faithful Father. Lord, we want to live a life that's pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we lay our hands on one another, may healing virtues that flow down from Calvary flow over my brother, flow over my sister, oh God and may there be a tremendous victory that is said in the love divine in this moment right here. May we walk out of here stronger individuals, stronger in the promises of God, loving you more, loving you deeper, searching your ways and finding you in every way that we look. Oh God, we worship you. We worship you. I sing that song, Worshiping You, Worshiping You.
0: i worshiping You, worshiping You, oh, there's nothing else that I would write. So in love with you. Oh, I long for those moments just you and I. I get lost in your presence and lose track of time. should be I searched all all over, I couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, I still couldn't find nobody. Greater. Nobody can love me like you, Jesus. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. There's nobody greater. Nobody can hold me like you, Jesus. Nobody can save me. It's all-
1: The Lord tonight, can you thank Him for what He's done here tonight? Oh, just offer Him one more praise right there where you are. Oh, nobody greater, Jesus! Oh, nobody greater than you. God bless you. You're dismissed in the presence of the Lord. I couldn't find
0: nobody